Now is the time to submit quietly. We control all you hear and feel. You are about to enter a great adventure and experience the awe and mystery from your ultimate fantasies to your deepest fears from which you may never return. Welcome back, everyone, to Strutting from Gorilla. We got a full slate of stuff today on the agenda. A full slate, gentlemen. And um, today's show is actually brought to you by Cracked Ice Collectibles. If you haven't checked them out, check them out. They're a great source on eBay for sports cards, autographs, and memorabilia. You can see them by searching out Cracked Ice Collectibles. Sponsor of the week this week, guys. So we got the the four jabronis here ready to go. We got Mikey Cash. Hey, guys. I am uh, sipping on a little bit of Terramana, the people's tequila, and I'm ready to uh, lay the audio smackdown tonight. We got Mr. Mango. Yo, ready to go. Let's go. And we got the leader of men, Bobby Stone. Good evening, gentlemen. Good to be back. Let's go. So let's let's get right in. We'll 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 start off with uh, like we always do a little bit of wrestling news. Um, we had a few things go on this week. I'm actually streaming Raw. Believe it or not, guys, I'm watching it here next to us. Um, first thing I want to kind of talk about Raw Underground. I know, uh, Mike, you saw a little of it. Uh, give me your opinion of it. Uh, you know, it's it's different, and and I think that's the key word here. Is is it's different uh it's like the lights are dimmer there's at one point there's no ropes on the ring and the guys are taking a bit more of a sort of a fight club approach to the whole thing and of course you have just dancers on the side for no reason at all but uh yeah so i i didn't mind it too much i i think we we were talking about this off air my issue isn't with them trying a new idea. My issue with them is sticking to a new idea because this all seemed, and you can read the reports about it on any website, how this show was in shambles up until the moment Raw went on the air. So this was all very last minute uh, kind of knee-jerk reactions because of investor calls. So my worry is the next time there's another investor call and they don't like what they hear, we're going to get something else different or they're just not going to stick to it. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I I definitely like the idea. It's something different. It's just kind of, I told you I like things corny. This is like cheesy. I know it's got, they're two different things. It's, you got a, a rope, you got, it reminds me of like a poor man's brawl for all. Like, yeah. it's not real, but they're like, you know, yeah. we're going to show that these guys can really wrestle, you know? And I, yeah. that's just like. I don't know. Kind of lame. I, I I I hope it I hope it pans out. It, it, the, the funny thing is, is that things are a little bit edgier. You know, you had those girls dancing out there. I was kind of shocked. I almost felt uncomfortable because I saw that. And but you know, they had no no um, ropes around the ring, and they just had random people coming in. So I'm I'm curious to see where where that goes. I know tonight they're having um, Shayna Baszler come in, and it's going to be a woman on there, and. Uh, I feel like she fits that to a T to that type of style, but I mean, they're just trying to do anything they can to change it up and I'm, I'm happy they are, but it definitely doesn't seem planned out. I, uh, I, I didn't mention this one to you guys earlier, but they have that new, um, a new faction out there. This it, you, you brought it up when they said that the investor calls and they were just throwing stuff up against it, but they had that new faction that uh, it's like the five mass guys and they've been talking about it. And I was reading how they don't actually even know who's in it right now. <laughs> they're just kind of throwing <laughs> stuff up against the wall and um they have all these rumored names out there but those people that are actually doing it are not the the real people and they're like kind of up in the air and it, i guess it's a whole shit show so i just I, I i i want them to treat us less like we're stupid people and more like hey this is a good storyline let's focus on a couple of these wrestlers for a while and and see how it goes and not shove stuff down our throat the keyword yeah. is a while. Yeah. Do you think they kind of tried to do that with um, with the Seth Rollins Rey Mysterio feud a little bit, but it just didn't catch on? 
I don't know what they're trying to do with some of these feuds. I think they're stupid. Like they just kind of <laughs> put people together. It just, it doesn't make any sense. I think that that could be a good feud, but they, they had to do like a poke your eye out match. Like just, yeah, if, those like are two of the better so wrestlers. Much. Those are two of the better wrestlers. Like let them tell mm-hmm. the story. You don't need to do a, a stupid, you know, gimmick match. Yeah. Agreed. And a lot of the reason why they put these guys together, there's really no backstory. It's like, Oh, I want to kick your butt. And the other guy's like, I want to kick your butt. And then <laughs> they fight each other for six pay-per-views in a row. And then yeah. it's over. Like it never happened. Yeah. No, so I, I agree with I, you guys. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens there, but um, I'm curious to see where these angles go. Hopefully they'll pull something good out. They were onto something with the fiend, but um, you know, on a, on a sadder note, flipping subjects, I know we recently learned of Kamala um, passing, mm-hmm. you know, and um, sad news for the wrestling world. You know, I know, wrestlers tend to have a shorter lifespan but he was uh he was up there i think he was in his 70s maybe um but from what i understand though is he was on dialysis not doing well and he actually caught covid19 from going to get dialysis so you know it's just a you know a, a bleak reminder um of the things going on in the world today you know and and you know take it seriously you know, it, it sucks that we had to lose a guy. And unfortunately, everyone's like, well, should he be in the Hall of Fame now and all of this? And I love the guy. He was kind of a jobber. But I mean, he fought all the all the uh, the big names at one time, Hulk Hogan and everyone. And, you know, thoughts yeah. on that. Do you have? Well, I. Oh, Mike, uh, uh, do you have a favorite Kamala memory? <laughs> a favorite Kamala memory? Yeah. Um, like, do you ever have a wet dream about him? I I can't say I've ever had a wet dream about Kamala, but <laughs> I I remember, I think it was on Stone Cold's podcast, actually. He was talking about sort of like the, the marketing of Kamala back in the day before he was ever in WWF. And forgive me, I can't remember what territory he was being sort of like promoted in, but just the way they spoke about him back then, like you could tell that he was being built up as sort of this monster and it's a real shame that he never got that kind of treatment in WWF. He, like you said, Vito, he essentially assumed sort of joke uh, jobber type status while he was I there. think a lot of that, too, though, is because of the times. You know, WWF was big yeah. on those characters and they were like strange characters. Some panned out, some didn't. You had like the Coco Bewares and the Junkyard Dogs and those guys were great. But, um, nah, you know, it'll be... It's it's definitely a sad thing. You never want to hear stuff like that. But you know, we wish his family the best. Um, so we'll see how that goes. So earlier today, uh, on the at from Gorilla uh, Twitter handle, there was a there was a match that was put on there. Uh, Papa Shango versus the Ugandan Giant Kamala. Um, honestly, I think one of besides the fact that both the gentlemen are not small. Um, I enjoyed that match simply because it was just a lot of, it, it was really dark for characters. Um, and they were both terrible. They didn't put on a, a great show, but damn, was it fun to watch because they were both that terrible. Um, yeah, Bob, I, I was waiting, Bobby, I was waiting for you to chime in here. I, you know, he's definitely on a, on the big man scale of wrestlers and, uh, we, we know your love for those guys. <laughs> oh, I, I, I love the, the bigger bodies, the heavyweights. Um, <laughs> so he actually died when he was 70. So you were right on that. And, uh, it was the WWA, uh, that was one of the first, uh, organizations he was in, but he's also in the NWA. Um, one of his first managers was Percy Pringle. Oh, you know who that is, don't you? I believe you know that, that is, is the Paul Bear, isn't it? Oh, oh the Undertaker! <laughs> it sure is. That was a terrible impression, by the way. Not a good impression, but yeah, hey, that's 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 good stuff, but. It's definitely a sad thing. You don't like to see wrestlers pass away, but um, moving on to some other stuff that in maybe a little bit more positive news, I guess how you look at it. Uh, I think one of the big things people are talking about too is um, Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara. So if you didn't know they were in a match and he threw a chair at Matt Hardy and it was the wrong chair 
and uh, Matt Hardy was not happy. It it cut him open, and it really cut him open, and he was pissed. And uh, I don't know what type of heat he has backstage already because of the whole uh, Sasha, Sasha Banks, Banks thing. But um, seems like he's kind of got an attitude that uh, that uh, might may not be good for backstage. He's I think he's a great wrestler. I find him entertaining. I don't know what you guys think. He already reminds me of Randy Orton only from his backstage antics then. And just how he's really coming off like a general fucking asshole. (laughs) It's just not working for him. He's a great (laughs) worker, like you said, but much like Randy, he was a great worker, but also a great dickhead. Yeah. I'm I'm curious to see how that kind of progresses because I I think he's in Chris Jericho's good graces and feel like if you're in his or Cody's good graces in AEW you're you're all set but we'll see that's kind of like two strikes and especially with a veteran like Matt Hardy um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes he he publicly threatened him on Twitter so we'll see how it uh, I kind of like the real life feuds now you know we were talking about all the feuds last week and uh, that kind of kind of adds into the storyline so continuing on we also there's been a rumor mill i think it was an interview maybe you know a little bit better than i do mike i'm not sure but aj styles to impact which for all of you that don't know he was tna uh he he actually was in wwf for a little bit i believe or no he was in wcw and wcw had just got bought by wwf and he never actually made it to WWF at the time and then signed with TNA, AJ Styles. And I, I saw him back in the TNA days and I thought he was awesome when he had the short hair. And um, it took him a long time to get to WWF, but you can tell he's a great wrestler, man. He makes his opponents look a lot better. I love AJ Styles. So if he were to leave and go back to to Impact, I think it'd be good for Impact Wrestling, but I think it would certainly hurt hurt wwe i don't know if that'll happen i don't think wwe will let that happen but um i don't know what do you guys think well with gallows and anderson being yeah at impact that certainly draws some intrigue considering the tumultuous manner which they got fired and there's already some weird heat between styles and Heyman from when Heyman was head writer of raw um so it wouldn't surprise me if at some point he decided to do that However, all the other indications and interviews he's done makes it sound like he's pretty happy with where he's at in WWE and has said on a few occasions that he'd like to retire there. So, I mean, who knows? It's the wrestling business. There's a never say never type of idea there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I I, I don't think it'll happen. I think I think he wants to face a couple more guys. I think him versus Edge would be a good one. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. But, um, you know, the other thing I found funny this week is I heard an interview and I, I don't have it here in front of me, but it was between our favorite wrestler of all time, Goldberg and Mango's favorite wrestler of all time, Roman Reigns. And uh, if I if I if I recall, they were supposed to have a match at WrestleMania and Reigns did not show up um, because he was sick, was afraid of the coronavirus and you know, if you're asking my opinion, I feel like that's kind of when all this started. Um, but apparently Rain said something about Goldberg at one point, and this interviewer asked him, and he said something about at least I don't headbutt my the wall before I go out and perform. And for all of you who don't know, Goldberg does that all the time. It's kind of a doofus move. It's just like kind of how he is. He's a meathead and he thinks that he has to get into character that way. So he said that on on this this uh, this on his Twitter or something. Roman Reigns did, and then Goldberg was getting interviewed. I think it was this week, and they asked him about it, and he just he went off on on Roman Reigns about basically being shitty altogether. So I don't know. How do you feel about that, Mango? Uh, I'm personally offended uh, that Goldberg would say that about Roman Reigns, but I do. Uh, you know, I I think it's I think it's probably a work. They're probably trying to keep the Flames kind of going for when Roman Reigns returns, so they can kind of have that that blow off maybe between Goldberg and Roman Reigns, which would be I think it would be a really cool match. Uh, I actually I, do think it would be a good match. Yeah, it I would. It, they would meet in midair. Each one of them would try to spear the other at the exact same time. The Earth would explode. The coronavirus would die. <laughs> Kamala would come back from the dead. It would be unbelievable. Uh, so. Uh, but I do want to just say one thing about uh, in 
the two of them as wrestlers. I think that if 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 Reigns is talking trash about Goldberg and Goldberg's talking trash about Roman Reigns, I would take as much as you guys think I'm a hawk for Roman Reigns, I would take his side. I don't think Goldberg's ever really had respect for the wrestling business. I think he's hurt a lot of guys. He hurt my childhood hero, Bret Hart. Gave him yep. a ended yep. his career, among other things. He almost killed The Undertaker in Saudi Arabia, which was I don't really blame him necessarily for that. Neither one of them should be in the should have been in the ring. But yeah, it's kind of crazy. Now, I I agree with you there. And um, you know, I, the only thing is it the It'd be one of those matches. Our standards right now for the last two years on wrestling matches, the the bar is set so low that that probably actually would be a decent match because Goldberg would make Roman Reigns shine in that match. And the ending would be perfect. You got this old, old guy, Goldberg, who, which, by the way, you know, we shit on him a lot. But back in the day, I had a Goldberg shirt. I enjoyed Goldberg. It was a shtick that that was good for the time. It's just it's gone on for too long. Like the guy's fifty something years old. He's not this invincible tank anymore. It's cool to see him give his appearances, like do his thing. But you know, whatever. But the the ending to the match, I could see it now. You get the Goldberg going for the spear right as Roman Reigns gets that super punch going to his face. <laughs> it's a perfect ending. Think about yeah, that. Yeah, he'd take his head off. What, yeah, well, so who who took Roman Reigns' place at WrestleMania? against Goldberg. Uh, I was uh, Strowman. Strowman, right. And Strowman squashed him, right? Yeah, he squashed yeah. Goldberg. Yeah. Which is unbelievable. Yeah. So I think Roman Reigns was supposed to squash Goldberg. At that probably. Time. Or he was probably because it's all real to me, damn it. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, I, I, I think I like Braun Strowman too, but it's kind of the same gimmick. It's just another big guy that he can move a little bit too, but um, you know, we're getting off topic, but no, I, I, I think, I think we'll see what happens there. And uh, I, I do think it might be a work too. So we'll see. But lastly, before we get into our topic of the day about wrestling video games, um, last week we talked about the McAfee thing possibly being a work and Mike who showed up on NXT this week. Well, wouldn't you know it, uh, Pat McAfee showed up at NXT. They were blowing it up all over the NXT and WWE Twitter. Both guys made some posts about how you can be adults and work your problems out and all that uh, bullshit. Uh, And then they got to NXT and Pat McAfee was there, ended up sort of being on guest commentary. And wouldn't you know it, at some point, he still starts talking trash. Adam Cole gets all pissy. They, they get into a schmoz. Next thing you know, Adam Cole is sort of kind of being held back. And because he's being held back, McAfee comes in and just runs and, and sort of delivers his uh, NFL punt, not to be confused with the Randy <laughs> Orton punt. Uh, so, and, and I'm pretty sure right after that, they've announced there's going to be a, a match uh, at TakeOver take over 30. So, between, uh, so we Adam said SummerSlam. We said SummerSlam. I didn't think about the fact that he was on NXT, or mm-hmm. I would have said Takeover. But you know, we were right on it. I think mm-hmm. um, we'll see. They need they need something to get some more people interested. So they're they're, they're doing what they can. So I mean, how else do you spend? You know, after you get married to a beautiful woman, you you the next thing you're going to do is what? Go fly down to Orlando real quick and uh, get a little more money for your honeymoon. Punt a guy get booked for a wrestling match that's going to probably be up there with the David Arquette just disaster. But at least it's you're got people talking it. about it. So, <laughs> no, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, McAfee does have history with the business before. Uh, it's right up there with why is Gronk in, you know, it's the, the yeah. celebrity gimmick thing. Um, it's been tried and tried again, and every time they do it, it just seems to fall flat on its face. Um, so, what do you forward, mean, Bobby? You had to have loved when Big Show went up against the sumo wrestler at one of the WrestleManias. It's that's two huge guys going at it. That's a gimmick. It is a gimmick, but that's so much more fun. I know. But <laughs> by the way, by the way, by the way, Pat McAfee. He also looks yoked. I don't know if you saw that or not, but you know, 
as a punter in the NFL, he put on some pounds real quick. Like his arms, man, he had those 24 inch biceps, brother, you know, like he was, he was ready to go. Um, but, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, you know, I think our prediction was right on there. Um, and, and we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm interested to see how that pans out, but let's get into the meat and potatoes today, the meat and the potatoes. All right. Wow. We're here to, t- we're here to talk about wrestling video games. You know, not only are we nerds for wrestling, but we also have a little bit of video game experience under us. And I know the fans have been clamoring for this day. So we've all had the systems, you know, we've had the Game Boys, the Super Nintendos, the Playstations, the Xboxes, right? And I know when I was a kid, what better thing to do if you can't watch wrestling than play wrestling? So we've been through the gamut. We've had them all. Um, what, you know, I, why don't you guys talk a little bit about maybe the ones that you've played and you've really enjoyed, and, um, and, and we'll kind of go from there. So I had a tough time deciding what was my top. So I'm just going to tell you both of them. Um, so for me, WWF No Mercy on N64 was just God-tier wrestling game. The gameplay was phenomenal. It was actually... Sorry to steal your word, Vito. Uh, it, was, it was great. And <laughs> I, I loved how... They, like the, even the controllers, like the controls to the game, you know, like they were actually complicated. And you kind of had... Like it took you a lot of time to sort of figure them out. Um, I, I absolutely loved it. Like the mute, like even like you had the entrances and then you had like uh, the ability to like counter stuff. Like I, I friggin' loved that game. And so can I, can I put some, shark? Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, I was just going to say like with that game, you could also create a wrestler. I think it was one of the yeah. first ones that it was like, you could create yourself. Yeah, I used yep. to create myself with the uh, the Chuck and uh, what was it? Uh, what was it? Billy and Chuck. They had this like <laughs> really uh, phenomenal uh, entrance that I would always put put my friends on. So, what were so, you saying about the Game Shark? Oh, so with Game Shark, which was you know like the newer version of Game Genie, uh, <laughs> basically, if you had the time to put in the fifty different lines of code into that game, you could get the hell in a cell match put into that now with great great risk comes great reward so sometimes you'd be able to have a full-on match in, in that hell in a cell and then every once in a while meaning like 50 percent of the time your game might crash so yeah it was worth it was worth the risk all you had to do is take the cartridge out and blow on it you know that's all you had to do before and then nes you know yeah but no that was a good one you know my favorite part about those games were they were made by thq so those guys um that one was also on my list i think that's number one i think unanimously that would be number one but with with those guys uh thq was had a specific license for wcw so they made the wcw versus nwo and then there was another one i think it was wcw versus nwo revenge those were the two genres they had and those games were far better than what what wwf had out at the time uh they had a war zone yeah war zone was brutal and i was looking forward to it forever and yeah the guys like it was like (laughs) fighting with barbie dolls like it was terrible but when you came with the thq you know i'd always prayed that wwf would get that thq license and they did so when they when uh before wcw folded they went to wwf and then they started making their um their No Mercy, I think WrestleMania 2000 was another one. Mm-hmm. Um, the best thing about those games is you'd press like the the separate, I think it was like there were four yellow buttons on the N64, and you could always reach over and you'd randomly get this different weapon when you reached over the crowd every single oh, time. Into the, oh, into you the never crowd, knew what yeah. you had into the crowd, and you never knew what you're gonna get. It was uh, it was good stuff. What was your second one, Mike? Uh, my second one was uh, SmackDown. Here comes the pain. Yeah, you picked and, two good ones. I- I choose that one solely based off of the roster that's in that game. Because it that roster was stacked. You had Austin. You had Goldberg. It was the one year he was there back in the day. You had yep. Lesnar when he was actually wrestling and not just suplexing people. You had, you had Kevin Nash. You had Booker T. You had Hollywood Rock, which 
those animations were some of the best in the business. I mean, when he would give somebody a Samoan drop in the game, he would do it and then sit up and clap for himself. And it was the most hysterical thing. I would purposely do that to my friends when I play them just so I could see the rock clap for himself. <laughs> what I do remember that. Well, Mike? PlayStation yeah. two. Oh, PS two. Yeah. I think I was out of the game at that time. <laughs> yeah. I what, don't even remember you that have? game. What did you have mango? I had two as well. Um, uh, you know, hearkening back to my love for nineties wrestling. Um, yeah. my first one is, uh, from the Sega Genesis days. It was Royal Rumble. Uh, I actually have two copies of it. That's how much I liked it. Uh, and I think it was like the first one where they had theme music. It was kind of like a little piano entrance music, but yep. somehow they made it sound like really, I loved it. And you could do the finishing maneuvers for like the first time. So you had the was Hogan leg drop. Was that the one that was almost arcade style? No. that um, Well, m- maybe uh, there was WrestleMania, the arcade game. That's remember that game? That's that was my number two. You led me right into it. And that was Segway. Right. Perfect. That well, that was a time when the business was taking off. And uh you'd go to the, you know, we were all kids and we'd go to the arcade. And then all of a sudden it was on your home system. And I'm like, whoa. And it almost looked 3D. Yeah. Like, and it was, I think it was I think it was they, more like Mortal Kombat style than really like a wrestling game, you know? Yeah. You know, um, so I was watching a YouTube video the other day. It was, uh, well, it's not really a YouTube video. Wrestling with Shadows. Have you guys watched that before? Yes. Bret Hart documentary. Bret Hart documentary. Yeah. There's a Great scene job. where he's playing that game with this kid. That's what kind of brought me back to it. And ah, I didn't see that. It was him versus The Undertaker. And he was like, I don't know if I can take this guy. <laughs> um, and then my third well, thought so- there. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say they actually made another game that was very similar to that afterwards, and it was called WWF In Your House, which was pretty awesome on PlayStation 1. I love that one. That one had like Ultimate Warrior, uh, Undertaker, Yokozuna. I mean, it was great. But again, it was back to that kind of Mortal Kombat style game. It was less about wrestling moves and more about, you know, just one-on-one type deals. Yeah, it would be unbelievable to find the in your house game somewhere and play it that would be crazy actually i never even knew it existed i can make um, that I'll, I'll send you a youtube clip later i had go. no idea so you mike yours was no mercy and what was the other one smackdown here comes the pain okay yeah so no mercy that was for n64 yeah. yep i uh i was going through i apparently had that game i don't remember ever playing it i still have it in my closet very strange the n64 cartridge uh, it's the only game I have left. Anytime now. Yeah. Also, it was good stuff. No, yeah. I, I'll tell you the the those those games that THQ made were the best ones. They really were. Even to this day, they're yep. still really good. Um, and and they 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 kept adding to it with like storylines, and then you could you could go for the different belts. You could create your own belt and make a mm-hmm. title run. It was cool stuff. I mean, it was pretty cool stuff. Now, Bobby, what leader of men? What did you have? Well, to double down on the THQ uh, components, what I really did love with what THQ did was actually uh, the pay-per-view stages. It was like the first time you could be at Bash at the Beach or Halloween Havoc. And those were just cool because you didn't get to see those types of setups before. And it's one of those things now where it's almost mandatory that if it's not in there um then something was wrong but um there were there were many uh many wrestling games that i always just enjoyed and uh the two that i owned uh and played nonstop were on the super nintendo and they were uh both royal rumble and uh wrestlemania the arcade game now, the Undertaker's electrifying moves or his pile driver or whatever obscene chokeholds that you could come up with uh, were always just really enjoyable. But Royal Rumble was just starting to like get the motions down. You were able to, um, you know, 
to, to Matt's point, do the finishers and stuff like that. But the gameplay was what it was. It was Super Nintendo. Like you weren't going to be seeing much, right? Like you couldn't really do too much. It was it was as uh, limited as as what the console was. So what I ended up doing because I love the theme music and stuff like that is I let my own creativity kind of go wild with my action figures. So I used to build a Lego entrance because if you remember back in the day, the WWF entrance was just a small little door that they would walk through. I'd bring the action figures down the little ramp that I create with their little music. And uh, Tatanka was one of my favorites. Uh, Oh, gotta love Tatanka. Man, did he run down and, you know, everybody's doing the, the warrior chop and it was, uh, it was great, but. Let me ask you a question though, Bobby, you know, I, I, when I think about the N64, even the like Nintendo games where Hulk Hogan would come out like in Sergeant Slaughter, all the old ones, this was back before the day of the internet. So the only thing that would frustrate me is I never knew what buttons to press or what they would do. Like you had like all like up, up, down, down, right, left triangle, or whatever it was, you wouldn't know how to do it unless you bought the cheat book back then. You know, nowadays you can just Google it and be like, oh, this is how I do the finishing move for this person, you know? But I got so frustrated because it was just literally punch, kick, punch, kick. I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know how to do anything else. <laughs> so I, uh, it was always the letter R, the right trigger button that would allow you to do the, uh, the special maneuvers on the, uh, with the Super Nintendo version, but what frustrated the hell out of me was actually the Sega Genesis version. Because to your point, I couldn't figure out what the combination was to no. get Hulk Hogan to do the leg drop. I, right. The only one I could ever get was like uh, the the models Boston Crab or Bret Hart's friggin' sharpshooter. Sharpshooter. <laughs> you were playing the game all wrong, Bobby. For Hogan to do the leg drop, there was actually a money slot where you had to insert like five dollars <laughs> and then he would drop the leg for you. Yeah, you, you didn't know he was for free, brother. You didn't know he was the biggest draw for every uh every every video game ever. <laughs> no, but those but, those are those are good ones, man. I uh those, I I like the the old school ones. They were those are what get I got everyone started. I re- I remember all of them. You're right though, the 8-bit or 64-bit like music where they couldn't actually play the the real music. It was just like Right, yeah, that was the best part of the whole thing. Or you'd hear like the, the broken glass, but it would just be in mumbles. Like it, it was, just, it was good stuff. Yeah. Um, so for for mine, I, I had no mercy was my number one. I also had WWF in your house was on there. Um, but the one that I, I don't know if you guys played or not, but it was actually really really good. It was the first one on PlayStation that I really liked, also made by THQ, and that was WCW Thunder. Okay. That was a really good one. That allowed you to go backstage and like you could fight in all these different areas. Um, and on PlayStation, the graphics were slightly better than, than N64 at the time. So it was pretty cool, you know, and uh, I, I really liked that one. And they had like real because it was on a CD. You actually had real like entrance videos and everything, too. That was the first time. So they play like the uh, the the NWO music and you could see the Titan Tron video that came up, which never really happened before so that was pretty cool and they had like this whole storyline mode and everything and maybe that's half the reason i really like sting because he was big in those storylines but um it was it was good but i'll tell you the problem with today's and no one's mentioned anything about today's video games and quite honestly i haven't played a wrestling game in years but the 2k series i heard was really good at the beginning now i've heard it's really bad so they, there's tons of glitches. It's very difficult to play. Like I think you need a college degree in how to play a WWE video game nowadays. Um, and I think that's half the reason people lose focus in it. So th- they, they kind of scrapped the whole idea. I was reading about this and they're trying to find a way to come up with new things that are easy, kind of going back to their roots with like that arcade style. So more people will play it and it's quicker. So they're coming out with one and the name is escaping me. But it's totally different than um, it's kind of like you remember NFL Blitz, yeah. The NFL Blitz, yeah. It's kind of like the NFL Blitz of of wrestling games. Which, Vito, are you talking about the King of All Stars? 
Maybe that's the king, king fight. Uh, what's it? The, the King of Fighters All Star. I think that, that, that might be the name that you're talking about. Yeah, but it, it'll be interesting to see where those go. Um, I remember other video games. So the one thing that really excited me when they came out, they were coming out with the first Xbox game, a wrestling game, and I, the graphics were so different in Xbox than PlayStation. And I remember reading about it, and they're like, "You'll be able to see the people in the crowd and get the steel chair, you just pull it right out of the crowd." Like that was the corny things that I really <laughs> like look forward to when those games are coming out. I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna be awesome! Raw's gonna be great." I played that game, and it was awful. I don't it's even so remember. Bad. I think it was. Just- I think it was just WWE Raw, and it was horrible, <laughs> horrible game. Graphics are great though, but the the new ones though they're they're definitely um, they're very in depth, which is good for some people. But uh, it, the game style, from what I've read, is just not uh, not not great. Um, do you remember? Did you guys ever play the ECW games? Yes, the one for N sixty four. I, there was, I think it was N64, and there was one for PlayStation. I, they only made one, I think. Um, but that they made two of them? Okay, they made two of them. I'm surprised they had one. So yeah, it, it's funny what, when we're talking numbers real quick because everybody knows that I, uh, I like to dive in on numbers and stock prices and stuff like that. But there have been 75 games that have been produced uh, yep. for the WWE alone, and I just – it's funny to think that, you know, one of the first games uh, started off, you know, on the Commodore 64. Right. Crazy. It's the first 64. <laughs> like, Crazy. So it, it's it, it's wild to see how far it's evolved. Um, yep. But that's, that's yeah, we'll see where it goes from here. But I thought those were all good video games. You know, if, if you're a, an avid listener to the show and you're listening now – I mean, feel free to tweet at us if you uh, disagree or we may have missed something that you really you really mm-hmm. enjoyed playing. I know there are some Game Boy games that, we're, like any Game Boy game, it's like two buttons and very hard to play, but I'm sure someone out there loved it. Well, sure I, loved I it. do have an honorable mention, and that was actually the WrestleMania Steel Cage match, which was a lot of fun because that was one of the first times that you got to see wrestling in a steel cage, which at that time, there weren't that many gimmicks involved, so that was no. one of the first few... Um, the first few wrestling matches that was in a gimmick. Um, and our buddy Kamala was in it and he wasn't in that many. No, that's so. cool. Like that. Like that. Um, well today you get, you get bonus material. Cause not only are we talking about video games, but we did have a, speaking of tweeting listeners, we did have one. I think it was, uh, at, at T Lucas 13. He came at us and he said, guys, what are the worst storylines that you can think of. And this really got us thinking. Because I mean. God there are a lot. Um, I, you know what. We'll change it up a little bit here. And, and I'll go first. I, I have a couple that if maybe you don't mention. I'll say afterwards. Um, but I'm going to tell you my number one. Okay. It's the worst. But also the best in my opinion. Because it was so bad. Is Mark Henry and Mae Young. Having a relationship. <laughs> and then. Mae Young gets pregnant and she gives birth and they show it on television. And what pops out, you got, you got Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe and this makeshift doctor there is, as May's trying to give birth and Mark Henry's there. And all of a sudden that something pops out and then it's a hand and that's how they end the segment. So they've been talking about this pregnancy for weeks and then a hand pops out of her and no one could understand what the meaning of that storyline was. Do you guys know what it was? I think Mae Young had hand in that relationship. Ah, that's the a good one. Reference, maybe? <laughs> no, no, that's a great answer, but not the answer. The answer is Vince McMahon thought it would be funny. Oh, that's a that's like literally the answer. That is of literally course. the answer. And I guess like he was in the back room laughing for an hour when they talked about this. And if you watch that clip, you can see Gerald Briscoe and everyone just dying laughing. Like watch it again and you'll see. But quite frankly, the worst. I mean, that was the sexual chocolate era. That's my favorite Mark Henry. And yeah. did that you was find it funny one. at all? Was it funny just I- to these guys or? Yeah, it was literally just funny to them. But as time went on and that came out, like I, I would, I don't even know how old we were when that happened. I was probably in like what 
sixth, seventh grade. I don't even know. And I was, um, I didn't really understand it. So I was just like, oh, well, was it like an abortion or like, is that like a dead fetus? I didn't know it was just a hand. Like I had no idea. And, uh, oh, it was, it was, it was a bad one, man. It was a bad one. But I mean, that, that, that probably is my number one. Um, and my number two, I, I have a couple others, but I'll just name this other one. And you guys can name some, but my number two is the anonymous general manager. I hated that storyline. It was so annoying and it went on for like a year and this light would pop up and it'd be like, ding, 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 ding. Then Michael Cole would come out and say, the anonymous general manager would like to say something. And then he would just speak and it continued to go on. And then it ended up with being nothing. I think the rock ended it somehow. I don't even know. It it was just, there was no conclusion to who the anonymous general manager was. I don't think the rock just came back. They got the email while his promo was going on and he goes to read it and he just goes, it doesn't matter what you think. And he just tosses the laptop. And I don't think we ever see it again. <laughs> yeah. I think I that think was literally it. We just put the kibosh on that. Yeah. I was thinking it was to be this really like important person. No, it was just stupid, dumb and Michael Cole talking in a very professional voice for long spurts of time for no reason. Why did you expect that there would be a legitimate payoff to that story? Why did I expect that? I don't know, because they built it up and it was so annoying. I wanted to see something come out of it. I don't know. I I, I didn't know, man. I I just I, I hated it. And I hated John Laurinaitis too. I hated him. You kind oh, of you expected I guess you could expect that there would be a payoff because they literally could have done anything with it on <laughs> earth. They it could have been anyone, but it was no one at all. Like it could have been. They could have brought back like a legend. Could have been Bob Backlund. I would have. <laughs> it could have been anybody. Yeah, like, yeah literally on. anybody. Literally <laughs> anybody. Uh, but what were yours? What what did what did you guys have? Uh, I had Big Show's dad's funeral with the big boss man crashing it. So that's on mine. Stealing stealing the fucking casket of his dead father, and then Big Show running and jumping <laughs> on. <laughs> the casket and just like riding him around this this, uh the cemetery it's like awful the Uh, boss man had a couple too because he had had the the chihuahua one with hell snow yeah is that the one you're going to talk about the kennel from hell match which was (laughs) like like the old blue cage inside of a hell in a cell and and i think the idea was you had to escape both cages and on one on the outside of the blue cage was all these dogs and like they were shitting everywhere. The match was terrible. I honestly couldn't, I don't even remember who won that match, but it was an <laughs> awful buildup to an even worse match. Uh, I, I think another one I had was he then, no, he then, then he made Al snow eat oh, his dog. Geez. Yeah. Well, that's he, what like, led to the match, out. wasn't it? Maybe yeah. that was it, yeah. Oh. And he didn't know. It was disgusting. Terrible storyline. Okay. Terrible. And I have to put this in there because, Mango, I think this is going to make you happy because I just put in, in bold, the end of WrestleMania 9. That's all I, I wrote in there. It's the worst fucking thing they've ever done. Did you have it? <laughs> yeah, that's my first one, man. Is that the one with Yokozuna, Bret Hart, and um, Hulk yeah. Hogan? And then I'm not going to say anything else on it. Mango, I'm going to let you take that. Oh, yeah. So, okay. There's a lot of things that are really bad about it. But what I kind of was like trying to figure out what they were doing. So Hogan, for some reason, comes down to the ring at the end of the match that Bret Hart lost by. He won by disqualification, I guess, because they threw stuff in his eye. Yeah, he pinned him because he got something... Fuji threw salt in his eye. Okay, so Yokozuna wins. He's gassed. He can barely move. Hulk Hogan comes to the with no, there's no build up. There's nothing. They just wanted to get the belt on Hogan. Actually, they didn't want it. Hulk Hogan wanted it. And uh, yeah, for whatever reason, he came down and looked around. He had a black eye at the time, which I, I, I've done so much research on this. I feel like Bret Hart's the one who punched him backstage or something before the match. 
Um, but I never figured out what the what the black eye was. But yeah, that, that is the rumor mill. That is the rumor mill. I don't think that it's ever it was been Brett? confirmed. Yeah, I don't think it's ever been confirmed. But yeah, there was arguments because Hogan did not want to put Bret Hart over, and Hogan did not want to be pinned by Bret Hart or something like that. And it was just, you know, the whole Hollywood Hogan saga continues. It's yeah. like I love the guy, but he's like he's ruined wrestling to some degree in that that regards. But yeah, that's a, that's a bad one. What other one did you have, Van Gogh? Um, the, well, I had Johnny Laurinaitis, but, uh, I couldn't stand his voice. I just, he was so bad as the authority figure. Um, but I just wanted to kind of flip it a little, uh, to a storyline that I hated at the time, but as I've gotten older, I love, I love looking back on it is whenever gold dust came into WWE, I was so freaked out by it. You know, you were 10 years old and you're like, what is this guy doing? He wants to kiss the ultimate warrior and the ultimate warrior is my hero. You can't kiss him and all this other stuff. And uh, looking back, whenever I hear his music, I I just like go crazy. It it was so awesome. You know, what's funny about that is that he was Dusty Rhodes kid, obviously. And McMahon had this like disdain for Dusty Rhodes, but also respect. And when he came into WWF after coming from WCW, this is Dusty. They they made him wear those polka dot things and everything like that. And they were basically trying to bury him. And so when his son came in, you know, he got this gimmick and he was told the gimmick and um, Dustin was like, you know, I don't know if this is my thing, but they're going to push me and give me a chance. So I'll run with it. And again, it comes back down to these people actually taking their roles and doing a good job with them with ridiculous gimmicks. Like he told me he was, he, 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 he didn't tell me, but he was talking about that gimmick (laughs) that because I was reading an interview he just and pulled you aside. Yeah, he was saying how they think he thinks that they gave him that gimmick to like ruin his career, but it actually took off because once he did it, you know, McMahon liked it and he did it so well. And it's yeah, you know, I think it's quite honestly, he's wrestled without the gimmick, um, except when he was in WCW and they tried to do that weird, creepy pedophile gimmick. I yeah. think they called it zero, maybe or something. Seven. 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 Yeah, he was like a pedophile, and they took it off the air as soon as it started. It was like weird. I don't know, but well, yeah, as a kid, did good. you did you guys like it, or were you freaked out by it? Because I was kind of. I think they out. evened it out when they put um, his wife with her with him. Marlena. You know I mean? Yeah, oh, it Marlena. made it seem a little bit more normal, I guess. I don't know if she was that attractive looking back on things. It was just weird. Well, when you were young, and you see <laughs> big I was also young. Like that, I had... it looks good. Yeah, we had we had no idea. We were. We were like 12 and 13. We All, were I, like, saw the, the boobs. All I saw were the boobs. I, I'll but, be honest with you, Mango. The uh, the utter touching of the body and just the <laughs> oddness that was exuding out of Goldust's mouth. Looking back on it, man was killing it because he his whole goal was to make everybody uncomfortable. Killed yep. it. And- but... But he did such a good job that I didn't even want to put my eyes on him because I knew, like, it was like when I was watching a horror movie and I was 12 or 12 minutes ago, something I don't want to see. My eyes are immediately closing. So, um, you know who helped with that gimmick? You know who was, I now remember the story fully. It was Savio Vega. He got Dusty. No, swear to God, it was Savio Vega. He was in, it was at a match and he still wasn't comfortable with this gimmick. But he saw, Savio Vega saw how this gimmick would be a good fit and it made all the wrestlers uncomfortable. So he was like, be as dramatic in this role as possible. And he had did that move where he like, I think he like stops them and like goes to kiss them. And you remember that like in the middle of it? And Savio Vega like was so over the top with it that it like got people's attention. And he was the one that said to continue to do it. And he pushed for him. Um, but check out that story on him. I'm telling you, it's a good one. But yeah, that that was definitely an interesting storyline. Um, Those are the type of nuggets you'll only get here on Strutton from Gorilla. That, that was awesome. I've never even heard that before. Yeah, that is a nugget for you. Who knew I had gold dust knowledge in the back of my brain, man? <laughs> I do. Um, yeah, you know, some of the other ones we, we didn't touch on, which I thought were bad, was what about when Hornswoggle was uh, – uh, Vince McMahon's illegitimate son. Oh, wonderful honorable mention there. 
Yeah, that's a good one. And then we had um, uh, another one. What about when Hawk from from Legion of Doom, which, by the way, one of my favorite tag teams, Legion of Doom, they did an addiction thing where on Hawk's addiction in in storyline, and he had a serious addiction problem and ultimately died from it. But it was right before he died. Like, and he had, they basically showed him trying to commit suicide, jumping off a Titantron, which to me is a little bit over the edge, you know? Uh, Well, speaking of over the edge, if you want an honorable mention on bad segment slash awful decision-making, how about when somebody fucking dies in your pay-per-view and you're like, you know what? Let's just keep the show going. Yeah. Just, just wipe them off the mat. And, uh, yeah. We got we got the Rock vs Triple H next, so uh, that one was sure this match goes on. Yeah, it embodies so everything you Awful don't like about wrestling. Decisions. You know, like, yeah. So I'm actually gonna jump in with uh with at least one, and it wasn't necessarily that the storyline was terrible. It was the execution and where creative could go or couldn't go after it started and evolved. Uh, it was Steve Austin and Pillman. Um, oh yeah. The gun in the house, the gun in the house. And it went from why is Austin at his house, man? This guy is such a bad asshole. He'll go after you any way you could go or he'll even get to your house. And next thing you know, Pillman's pull, pulling out a gun. It, it just, it just, it went from that immediate straight to black we're really going to try to push the envelope and where you brought it was just anytime you're introducing a physical gun into any sort of, it's, it's no longer a sport. It's no longer entertainment. You you went a little too far. Um, and that's the, the network actually banned it after that. They were not happy with the WWF at the time because the WWF were before they were corporate owned would push the limit on everything. I mean, literally everything. That's why they came out with that no censor. Gimmick. It was basically a mock of all the people that were trying to censor them, which is ironic because now they're like complete opposite. So I feel like they turned turned off a lot of that fan base, which whatever it is. What, what was it. that? The right to censor was the uh, was the group there. Yeah, it was uh, Val Venus, uh, Ivory. Um, and the Godfather was in there too, I think, at one point. And uh, Bull Buchanan, there's a name drop for you, little Bull Buchanan. But no, these are these are all good ones. Uh, I um I think I think we kind of hit the nail on the head. I think the big one we missed, if I were going to say one, is the Katie Vick storyline. I think it was like the yeah. ultimate grotesque thing of all time. It's like Kane's girlfriend that was dead, and he had an obsession with her. Mike, you know more of that than I do. So. Just yeah. just the highlight here is <laughs> at one point on Raw, there's a segment where they do a reenactment essentially, and it's Triple H dressed up as Kane banging a corpse in a funeral home. So yeah. that tells you all you need to know about how terrible this whole fucking story yeah. is. Yeah, and they cut it off real quick, I think. Yeah. May 19th will never have... The no. same meaning for me ever no, again. Very strange. Very strange. But I mean, oh, and the last one, the last one I'll mention, and then we got to wrap this up. We've been going on a little bit here. I, I oh. have one more after this. It's my oh, last you do. one. What? You do. Give, us, right, give us yours, Bobby, and I'll give you, give you the last so, one. So this isn't necessarily a worse, but this is one of those where does anybody actually want their PP chopped off? Man, <laughs> we brought up Alvinus a little bit earlier, and the guy's getting ready to drop a katana knife on Valvinus's schlong. It, it and there was so much buildup to this right before, and and now you're gonna finally see this blurred ass and a katana knife getting ready to drop in another fade to black. That yeah. was just that was some of my favorite cheesy terrible yeah. like you knew it wasn't real and that's one of the reasons why i loved it so much because that one you knew wasn't real it was just absolutely absurd oh it was absurd yeah i think he was, 
They were trying to do it because they were going after like Takimichi. Uh, Proud Venus was going to have to Takamichi Noku's sister or something. I, it was pretty hilarious at the time. But um, no, that's a good one. And then the one I had is um, <laughs> this one is from ECW, which ECW, if you go back and watch, had some crazy shit going on. They took Jerry Springer to a whole nother level. But the one that like kind of crossed the line for a lot of people is uh, when Raven crucifixed put um, put Sandman and actually tied him to a crucifix. Right, uh, it, it just wasn't a good look. But the funny thing was, Kurt Angle was in attendance that day, and he was going to sign with ECW, and he saw that and did not like it, and it was a whole big controversy, and ended up going to sign with WWF. The ironic thing is. People said that was the worst segment of all time. But then what does WWF do after that? They go and do the same thing with Austin and The Undertaker, right? It wasn't an actual cross. It was The Undertaker's symbol, but it was pretty close. So, again, repeating the same cycle like we talk about all the time. Uh, but these are these are some really, really good storylines. If you listening have one that we did not say, feel free to tweet at us at from underscore gorilla on twitter we would be happy to listen to what you have and if you have suggestions for this show future shows please let us know this one came from a listener okay and we're happy to kind of go on the spot here at, at uh strutting from gorilla so we're going to end now where everyone's going to get their their final thoughts um and then we'll, we'll we'll wrap up our next week's show We'll be talking about favorite pay-per-views or shows that we've attended or seen. Um, if you have any, tweet at us. Let us know. Um, so why don't we uh, get started? Whoever's ready, go for it. Uh, all right. Uh, Mikey Cash's last two cents here for the show. Uh, just a, a quick aside here. Part of this is going to be uh, a anniversary of sorts. 20 years ago, on July 31st, uh, there was a match between Shane Douglas and Billy Kidman. Uh, and it was a Viagra on a pole match. And I think we all need to remember it for what it was, which was quite possibly the worst fucking match of all time. And just another indictment on how terrible Vince Russo's contributions to the business are. So uh, I will award him no points and may God have mercy <laughs> on his soul. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, that's a good one. All right. Mike, who's next? To follow up. That's really hard to follow up. You had me there. I was like, what, what, uh, What's he touting this week? What are we? <laughs> um, my last two cents are, I think in the news this week, Eric Bischoff was interviewed and he said that, um, that he wasn't worried about ECW back in the Monday Night War era and that sort of thing. I just popped in my head to, um, I just wanted to say that Eric Bischoff is a lying, no good piece of crap. And I really hope he doesn't snivel his way onto TV at AEW. Is he on TV? He was he was on last week, so we were correct. But he was kind of like a, an interviewer. It was kind of lame. It was kinda between Orange, between Orange Cassidy, a guy who doesn't speak, and Chris Jericho, which Jericho can oh, make a Jericho, a worm yeah. look good. But um, so yeah, kind of lame is uh, pretty good for Eric Bischoff. <laughs> that's like I, his, I would agree. That's all I want to say. I got a bone to pick with Eric Bischoff. Uh, also, one other thing, I don't like to tout other people's podcasts, but. Uh, something to wrestle with with Bruce Pritchard is a great podcast. If you guys have three hours to kill and want to listen to the entire story of Royal Rumble 96 and, and everything like that, not just that, but everything go and go and listen. Yes, we will. That is a good one. I do like that. There's also wrestling soup. Wrestling soup is a good one as well. Okay. Next, uh, next is uh, Bobby stone. The leader of men. Final thoughts. Uh, Last week, there was actually a new president and chief of revenue officer, Nick Khan, who was uh, brought on board with the WWE. And their uh, stock's still down. Now we're after the loss in that sense. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, they're trying. Um, you know, I think the, the underground approach is a great way to try to bring back uh, a new version of attitude but you know we'll, we'll see how this goes and, and and maybe that stock climbs just a little bit more than it was but uh it won't 
So you're saying now's the time to get in on WWE stock because of Raw Underground? Uh, no, don't do it yet. Cause, uh, <laughs> okay, we'll wait for your signal, Bobby Stone. <laughs> uh, I probably wait a, a couple more weeks after uh, after something obnoxious else happens. Mr. Bobby Stone, I think someone said they were going to try and hire you to do your their 401k for him. It was uh, one of the listeners. I don't know who it was, but... That is a great choice. Well, once I get authorized, I will uh, go back and tweet back at that uh, fan of ours. And I'm going to end mine here. My final thoughts from Big Vito. It's going to be, today we celebrate the man, the life, the legend, 64 years old, Mr. Tugboat. Now, if you don't know who Mr. Tugboat is, he wasn't called Mr. Tugboat. He's called Tugboat. Okay. He's one half of the natural disasters. All right, I can tell you that much. Which you like big you like big men, Bobby Stone. The natural disasters is your tag team. I mean, you got er- Thunder earthquake and, and Earthquake. Oh, Typhoon, Typhoon and Earthquake. Yeah. Now, those guys, natural disasters. Yes, who didn't? I mean, if you were gonna put them in a ring against the nasty boys, that would be a fantastic match. Those two going at it, it is just meat versus meat. That's what it is. But you know, that I just wanted to say I knew it was his 61st first birthday today he doesn't get much mention okay i love the tugboat giant man all right we'll we'll wish him well happy birthday but um happy no, this birthday, was great tugboat thanks Vito. that's go. awesome no problem no, i think it's also alexa bliss's birthday but what do i know um every day <laughs> but no again we want to thank everyone for listening we'll have another podcast next week um talking about favorite pay-per-views uh want to thank cracked ice collectibles again for sponsoring the show And we hope to hear from you guys next week. And that is a wrap from Strutting from Gorilla.